Hello folks and welcome to the next episode of the audio blog and uh Hello Yeah I I did. I'll I will I'll call you back later. Alright, bye bye. Uh manic times. So I've got imaginary Charles and me. Charles say hello. Hello? We're back in the imaginary world again. <laughs> um, yeah, um, right. So, um, today, um, I want to start the podcast with talking about a dream that I had this morning. It's already been put in my journal, but I thought I'd discuss it. Mm. And this mo- like yesterday morning, I woke up with a huge anxiety of death. Um... I thought, I just want to be alive. I don't want to experience death. And this morning I had a dream that my mate, my uncle John Haslam was in the dream. And I think he was saying, are you going to write that letter? And I said, yes, John. I said, John, I've got a question to ask you. I said, if I die, will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? And, you know, I said, look, I said, the death, you know, it's like dying, going to die is, is I'm all right with that, you know. But will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? Will I go to the big courtroom down there? Will they open all the books? Will they open all the, you know, will we be judged? It says in the Bible that we'll be tested, but I think that's more of a Catholic thing. Um, Really? Yeah, because I believe that when you die, you go to the big courtroom. It's like you go to the courtroom and you get tested. Um, And for those who believe, they get taken to heaven. And for those who don't believe, get thrown to hell. And also, it's it's not just believing or not believing. It's it's not just about confessing your sins. It's about certain things you've done in your life. How many times you've lied? How many times you've and and in this world, you know. Satan is real. He's like the left out person all the time. And he, he's like, you know. But you see, the thing is, um, this is hard to describe. I don't, I believe that Satan pretends to be all sweetness and light, Mm. but he's not, he's more than the serpent, but the problem is, we know what Satan is, Mm. we know what he is. He's the king of the beasts. Um, 
And we know what demonic spirits look like. Well, actually, we don't. <laughs> we, we, we know what some of them look like. But we don't know what all of them look like. Hmm. And here's the thing. Um, a lot of stuff is disguised and a lot of this spiritual stuff you read of people fall into the floor and mm, I don't believe that and I don't I don't think that's a good thing um why why do you not think it's a good thing because I have I have read stuff like paranormal um supernatural supernatural and if something is knocking you to the floor that is bad because and and you know because it's fighting with you you're not telling me that demonic spirits are trying to mess with you trying to you know and Satan's got very good salesmen. You've got to know this. They creep into the church. They creep in. They're creeping in every single church, every single every single church in, and they're going in and trying to destroy the congregation, because that's what they want to do. That's what that's their job. You know, they're going in, um, and. That's why I worship in a very different way. And, you know, when you go in, sometimes there's a lot of times in church, you're forced to worship a certain way. Mm. You know, praying tongues and all that. And um, I don't, I don't pray in tongues either. I don't, I don't pray in tongues because I can't, it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I won't do it. It's not that, it's not the way that I feel. Um... It's not the way that I feel. And worship's, you know, worship is a personal thing. And um, worship is a personal thing. And I've told a lot of, a lot of people turn to me and said, how do you worship? And I say, look, I can't tell you that. You've got to find it out for yourself. People are, people are like, ah, but what? <laughs> you know? And seriously, people come in and they say, how do you how do you worship? And I say, I can't, I really can't tell you. I really, really can't because it, it's a personal, th and it's like, I, if I was, if I was up there giving up a sermon, right? I would say, look, we're being tested at this very time. You look back to the Old Testament, and seriously, people think the Old Testament is dead. <laughs> you know? Okay? They think basically, right, the Old Testament is just a book that was written, and it's been closed, and it's dead and gone. Hell no, friends! <laughs> let, let me tell you this, right? The Old Testament is just as alive as the New Testament, and 
the New Testament goes back to the Old. And something else, right? I've shocked people again because I've told people what I've seen. And I said, look, Jesus is a tree. What? Jesus is a tree? Stephen, Jesus is a man. And I said, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, listen to me. I said, Jesus, that was his old body. Yeah, his old body may have been taken up, but it was he's got a new body. And if you read if you read about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and the tree of wisdom, but there is another tree. There is another tree. And that, my friends, is Jesus Christ. He is the living tree. And I can see it. I can see the tree. That's what I see. A transformed body. Mm. There you go. Mm. And, you know, God is still the life. He's still the breath. But Jesus is the tree that people talk about in uh, in the Bible. And, and um, he is a tree and he lights the way. And the Holy Spirit is a candle. The Holy Spirit is a candle, but it's also not visual. What the Holy Spirit does is not visual. You cannot see the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving through us. And the Holy Spirit is with us. And, you know... That's just how I worship, but I don't force people. I don't force it on people. I don't force people to see what I see, but I do tell people that Jesus has been transformed. I don't. I don't care what you believe. That is the truth. That's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. And he's he's the only tree. Jesus is the only tree that can move. Jesus is the only tree that can walk around. He is the only tree, but he's free. Jesus is free. You know, if you read about him on this earth, he was a prisoner. He was a prisoner who was, you know, um, yes, he did God's command and he was learning. But Jesus was really, he was a prisoner on this earth. And When he went on the cross, he freed himself. I don't mean that he committed suicide or anything like that, but basically he knew it was his time. And they freed, the reason they freed Brabus was because not only the crowd wanted Brabus, but I think this is my belief. Jesus planned, well, not Jesus, but God planned the crowd to free Barabbas because Barabbas didn't have the power. Barabbas wasn't the chosen one. Barabbas wasn't the king of all kings. Um, if You know, you've got to read it all properly and, you know, you've got to read it from the very beginning and in the Gospels and stuff. And the most moving part of it all is That the crowd didn't believe. The 
crowd didn't believe. Um, and the reason they didn't believe is because they were scared. That's my belief. They weren't... Some of those people that mocked him... Mocked him because they were scared. They were frightened of him. You know, they were like... What's, what's this guy going to do next? And uh, they basically put him on the cross to... Stop him from doing anything. But unfortunately... It didn't stop him. Because he still went and... He went down to the depths of hell and saved people and lifted them to heaven. Those people that couldn't get in through the pearly gates. And then when Jesus was up in heaven, he became one with God and the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit came. Um, which is all very moving, all very moving stuff. I remember learning it when I was a kid. I've got to be up with my father, go to heaven, but I will come again. But I will, I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And Jesus, no, you know, Jesus is love. You know, people say Jesus isn't real, but the wind's not real. Mm. <laughs> you know, the wind's not real. Air's not real. The molecules in the air that we cannot see, very real. And it can do so much. And that's, you know, it's all spiritual, spiritual things are basically things that we cannot explain. We cannot get to the bottom of. And scientists try and, you read about scientists going, oh, well, uh, la, 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 this is happening. Maybe we need to explore. And they cannot explain it. You know? And I mean, hello, folks. Um, today I'm coming back again with another episode. This is probably the second part of the episode. And I've spoke about dreams in this episode. And I've probably spoke about death in this episode. And... Hang on a minute. No, it's fine. Um, I probably spoke about death in this episode. And technically, I just thought that... Um, I want to talk about death and I want to come back to headspaces a little bit in this episode because um, I said about being vanilla and non-vanilla in the last episode and how those people who are 
non-conformists, they see the word, they want to be normal, they want to be this, they want to be that. So go to the last episode and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. For this episode, I'm just going to go straight into it. And if you don't get it, then go to the last episode and then listen to this one and you'll sort of get it. Now, I did interrupt last episode, uh, last episode and say that there'd be none of that coming back into this podcast. But I think there are things that are on my mind and just think, well, you know, this episode is kind of an audio blog. And I'm starting up a WordPress, another WordPress blog. Um, just it's it's just like a personal one that I think that people follow this podcast because a friend of mine said, "Hey, you're running this podcast. How come there's no written version to this?" So I just thought, "Oh, screw this," you know, um, because there's a lot of things I talk about on this podcast, which my book, my lifestyle, my everything, and um. And, like, you know, in, in the dream the other day, when I was dreaming about, like, death and stuff. Like, death is sort of the thing that we don't discuss kind of thing. It's it's like... Um, we don't explain it. And... Um, It's very strange because it's like, um, it's like the other night when I had that dream, that it was like an anxiety dream, really, because it was like, um, and I was like going to heaven or hell. But when I looked back at that dream, I felt a feel of escapism. It's like my body had kind of spiritually escaped from my body and because I did no longer want to be in my body looking back because I had um I went to men's group and I had um in relaxation oh no no I did no sorry um I thought about it last night when I went to bed and um I thought, how did I escape my, my, you know, whatever state it was, and going to a dream state, how that felt um, spiritually. Um... And technically, it just felt wonderful to escape, to escape the body. It felt fantastic to escape the the world and stuff. And in our dreams as well, we don't really explore things. I've said that in my dreams about, in fact, it was David Firth. It was David Firth's fault. Uh, David Firth who creates some um, salad fingers. I can't really do an impression of... Uh, um, oh, this is Salad Fingers. I can't really do Salad Fingers really well, but, um, yeah. Um, Salad Fingers is really weird and it's really, really off the wall. But David Firth is one of my favourite animators for a lot of things. He's he's just one of my favourite creators. Um, I wouldn't class him as an animator. I'd class him as an artist. His work of art is way... 
his his work of art is way beyond way above and beyond what he you know what he does um you know he's he's like an animator he's a creator he's a you know he's a he's very forward thinking with and um the music that he uses and just his thoughts and everything and but the one thing he said was that um he gets all of his ideas from dreams and um I'm the same I get all my ideas now from dreams I get you know because you cannot emulate dreams you can't emulate you know you can't emulate those things it's like you can't when you 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 go to bed and you'll have the most creepiest thought on your brain and yet you can you know you want to try and put that into some art form or something there's no good looking uh for it through other people's work because other people don't do it in their work or if they do they do little bits of it um and sometimes you have to go to the creepy side or sometimes the weird side to explore um you know explore things you know and sometimes you have to explore the weird side of life to get the most out of those experiences um I mean, I was listening to some ordinary gamers last night, and um, Mudihara was talking about spirit boxes. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. Um, you cannot contact the dead through white noise. Um, because white noise is picking up every single frequency. So the way you've got to record the dead, right? I'm going to tell you how to do it. Because I've picked up things now, right? What you do, you get a decent... First of all, you've got to go out and buy a decent tape recorder. You've got to go buy a decent tape recorder. Don't go for digital. Go for tape. Go for analog. Right? You need a decent length of tape. You need... You need tape. You need, you need tape. You can't use digital. You need a tape recorder that's going to pick up every single frequency, high and low. And you need to read up... Um, on what machines do what. Then you need a microphone that's going to pick up every single frequency. Every single frequency. Um, 
you don't need two microphones, but you need a microphone that's going to pick up the whole entire room. Um, it's going to pick up every single thing. It's going to pick up all the rumbles to all the highest frequencies. It's going to record every single vibration. Now, when you do this, right? When you when you do this, you want to leave the tape recorder in a room on its own, right? Because I know people have done this experiment, and I know it works. And you need to spend some money. You need to, you know, don't bother with an EVP. Don't bother with using white noise. It just doesn't work, right? Um, and then you can record the record the room and then if there is something that's spiritual then you'll get it by um listening to the tape back um and people say Stephen why are you going for analog well, because tape recorders pick, you know, you want a tape a tape recorder because tape picks up all the frequencies, high and low, and you don't want digital because digital, even the rawest of wave files, you get loss, uh, you get something called lossy data, which is where all the high frequencies are lost, um, and it just gives you low and middle. And with a lot of digital equipment, you're not getting the whole... Because it's hard, you know. Yes, okay, you would you could get the best microphone in the land. But the the best microphone isn't going to... Uh, like, you need, you need analog. You need analog. You know, because digital just doesn't... Um, it doesn't... There's, there's no way... I mean... There's no way you're going to get the experience. Because when you hear back, we hear in analogue. We don't hear in data. Our, ear, our ears don't cut out high and low. Our ears are literally, we're not hearing digital. And so when you use a computer to record analogue signals, it's difficult. I've actually got a Boss BR-80. But even that doesn't have the best microphones on. I would have to get a ribbon mic to get what I need, but it doesn't play back in analog. You know, you've got the working parts, you've got the, the moving parts, and you want to pick, you want it, you know, with tape, you've got it clear and crisp, and you've just, it's like, um, it's like those really early photographic cameras. That people use when they're doing photography, they use analog um, video cameras and analog filming cameras because they pick up so much. You can't, you know, all the all this. When people say you can pick up this and that with a digital camera, that's a load of rubbish. Um, uh, there is one digital camera you can pay thousands of pounds for. But all it's doing is it's sucking every single bit of light into the lens. We, a friend of mine discussed this 
me and a friend of mine discussed this. But um, if you want to record something spiritual, you have to use the real stuff, the real things, you know? It's like um, Ouija boards. Um, they say that digital Ouija boards don't work. Well, they're not going to work because it's like number crunching. It's in data. You need the real thing. You need proper analog stuff. Spirits do not like digital. I've I've said this before and I'm saying it again. Spirits do not like digital and it's true. Um, all my spiritual encounters have been with analog equipment, never with um, digital equipment. Um, all the experiences that I've had have been with, with analog. Um, I had a cassette recorder once. I'll tell you this, this is a true story with my hands up. I had a cassette recorder. There was nothing wrong with it at the time. Um, we put it on play. Um, it didn't even chew the tape up. So the tape stopped. I put the tape back in. It didn't even chew it up. So it was weird. Um, I left the play, I left the tape on play. And it was partly through a song and then it just stopped. This is weird. And then there was another time. Right? This was another time. Um, I was recording something on a different cassette player. Tape stopped and the rewind button the rewind the rewind button on the cassette player was pushed. I've had really weird encounters with cassette players. But you know, um, I've not managed to record ghosts. I've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and I've not managed to record them. And the reason is, is because I've not had decent microphones. And I tried in this house, I tried. You know, I've set it all up. I've I've gone out with a dictaphone and put it on record and, and stuff. And um, the reason why I've not picked up anything is because my microphone's not... You need a microphone that's going to suck every single thing in. You need a really, really good microphone. You need an analog microphone. Not digital. You need Everything needs to be analog. Because when you listen back, you're going to have one heck of an experience. Um, all, all the ghost recordings that I've heard about are all on tape, are all on really early film. Um, you can't do it with digital. You cannot do it with digital. You know? Um, because digital doesn't pick everything up. You've got lossless data. You hear about lossless data. You hear about sample rates. But, um, I mean, computers, 
They don't struggle with time at all. Analog will struggle. Analog will... Um, you know, all these tape counters and stuff that break. Um... But, yeah, if you want to record a ghost, that's how you do it. Welcome back to the the podcast. Um, welcome back to the episode. Um, I want to thank another person for liking the podcast, Sir Todd. Um, he is a sir, he's a knight, so I want to thank him for liking these podcasts, obviously, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care who listens, um, I don't care who comes into my world, I don't care who gets my headspace, I really don't care who does all of that stuff, I just care who... You know, who listens to the podcast, you know, it's, a, you know, you're listening to my thoughts. I do it for, you know, because I used to do live videos on Facebook and unfortunately um, I got into a little bit of bother with the Facebook live videos. And now I do these podcasts on, they go on Spotify and basically nobody knows unless you search for the podcast. <laughs> I share the podcast link onto Facebook so, like the Facebook Live, it's in everybody's faces, but whether you click on the link is, you know. Um, unfortunately, um, with Anchor, you can't really make any clickbait, unfortunately. Um, and I've tried, and really I'm using, you know, I'm using, I'm not really using Anchor as social media, but I've, I'm starting to, I'm really, really starting to. Um, and, you know, people are asking for my thoughts all the time, and... I put a lot of my thoughts into the into the, the live videos and people would comment on the live videos and that's it got so many views and stuff and all the stuff I didn't know what I was talking about half the time. Whereas the podcast, I can stop and pause it and delete, you know, and I've done that several times. I've ripped part of the podcast a bits and redone some of the recordings and, um, you know, but most of the time, I just treat it like the old Facebook Live, you know, except it's more edited and put together properly. Um, and soon it will have segments in it, um, you know, proper segments, like a proper show thing, so we can sort of talk about stuff um, properly. But um, I feel that, personally, um, you know... You know, with this podcast, I feel that people are going on a journey and they're, they're looking at my thoughts. And, um, you know, unlike the Facebook Live where it was, lo- you know, leaning content, we had to sort of look at the comments. And each time you're looking at the comments and you're trying to chat to people through the Facebook Live and people try and use the Facebook Live as an instant chat. And that's how it works, really. With Facebook Live, you've got to. You know, for instance, if certain somebody was commenting down below, I'd have to say, oh, hello to somebody commenting below. And then you'd have to look at their comments and then people get pissed off with you when you don't 
respond to them and and then you get so like you could be doing something and then people could get completely pissed off and then whatever you but with the podcast people don't really get pissed off because it's a podcast and they choose to listen and then you know like you could be driving along in your car and you could be so pissed off but if you took your hands off the wheel you could probably crash your car when you're trying to comment um in actual fact on one of my facebook lives somebody was driving when they were commenting on my one of my facebook live videos um quite a few years ago now um they said that they were in the car and i said uh I said, oh, where are you driving to? And la, la, la. They, they were driving the car. Um, so, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast while driving, please do not comment. Um, if you can comment, whatever. I mean, Anchor has a voicemail feature on it. So maybe, you know, if you're driving along in your car and you want to record something to me, then you could record that while you're driving the car or, you know, or you're taking a shower. And See, the thing is with this podcast, you can listen while you're actually getting dressed or in the gym or and sometimes I listen back to my own podcasts when I'm doing something because I listen back to these podcasts because it motivates myself it's like a mirror image of me uh, the Facebook live wasn't really much a mirror image it was me getting my thoughts out to other people and trying to reach out to other people for those other thoughts which is what this podcast does uh, but also this podcast does not um you know, I don't worry about people putting comments on it. You know, I don't. And in fact, um, even though my folks don't really like me online so much uh, with this podcast, they don't really know that I'm online with this podcast. So I do this podcast and people, when they they don't know that I'm doing the podcast, which is really cool. Um, they don't know I'm doing the podcast, which means that if there's any listeners out there. And I do radio anyways. But with the podcast, it's like kind of you can say stuff that you can't say on radio, like um, I think politics is absolutely bullshit. There you go. <laughs> I can't say that on air. But, um, you know, it's just um, it, with, with the with the whole kind of Internet thing, it's like I already run another podcast and, um, you know, I use Spreaker as well as this and um have an actual radio show which people listen to and people have tuned in and said uh on my radio show and they say why can you not do the um why can you not do on this radio show what you do with your podcast and i've told them not on the radio show but i've told them on previous podcasts that i cannot on radio i cannot say stuff on the radio because it's you know you know and you come to these podcasts and sometimes there's things that the listener may get offended with or something. Which is why you should read the descriptions. The descriptions aren't that lengthy. I don't use punctuation because I hate writing. Um, I use my brown up and stuff. But when I use like the keyboard and stuff, I prefer to do, you know, use dictation. And uh, people send, tend to, you know... I mean, if you listen to these podcasts and say, hey, this is a... A weird side to uh, podcasting or whatever. Yeah? Okay, mummy. Uh, so my sandwich and banana are in the kitchen. <laughs> um, 
I want to talk about weight in a minute, actually. So on this podcast, right, I'm going to tell you now, on this podcast, I am quite open, which even though I'm open on the radio, there's probably stuff I can't tell you about because, I don't know, it's like there's, there's four things I don't take into the studio, which is um, religion, politics, I try and not take football into the studio, but I'm not really interested in it. I just pretend to be. Um, <clears throat> so I'll take, I don't take religion and politics in. But the third thing I don't take in is mental health. I've actually thrown that out the studio these days because I'll talk about it on air, but I try and not put me out there, my mental health out there because I might say something that will offend somebody. So the, these podcasts are out there to, for me to talk about me And this is like the dark side of podcasting. This is like the dark side of, you know, like the dark side of YouTube, the dark side. Each part of the internet has a dark side. And this is like the dark side of podcasting, if you will. You know, you might come on here and you might hear something that you don't want to hear, um, particularly. And this morning I got up and I I thought about what I'm going to write to my uncle i'm writing i'm gonna write him a letter i'm not going to tell you what's gonna happen in that letter on this podcast but basically i was, I was thinking about telling him about my underground side and where i got it from and a few years ago um i was sat with my dad and jack and we were discussing also like old gangster movies and um i was in a dark place as well well i was coming out of that but anyway um I went to my dad's and I said, well, actually, I am underground. <laughs> I'm underground. I don't care about, you know, and, and it started from there and I tried and seeked what it was. And when I looked up, you know, people think, oh, underground means you're into criminology and shit like that. Um, not really, because... Um, the underground is about um, not giving a yeah not giving a shit about society so it's sort of in you know sort of an insight into criminology but it's not like how can I put it underground is not thinking the way society thinks you know um, right and wrong is a very political understatement. Because you've heard the term don't do as I do, say as I. Uh, Don't do as I say, do as I do. And that's what politicians teach. The do as I say. And they don't do as... They do as they do, a lot of these politicians, right? When politicians make... When people make these laws, yeah? When people make these laws, basically, we then follow... The law. Well, rules. I won't say laws. Laws basically are on you know 
on top of the rules. But for example, um, there may be a rule. It's like when people say we're making cuts in certain areas and not in others. You know? And um, we know how... I mean... Politicians, they are stood in the gateway to the mainstream. They're just stood there. They don't, they don't go into it. When they talk about the average man, they talk about somebody who's on millions of pounds a week, but a hundred thousand pound a week. They don't think of anybody. You know. You look at the poverty line, you look at homelessness. That's a discussion for another day. That's a topic for another day. Right? But there's more things out there. There's more things out in the world. And I'm just I just know that. I love it when these counsellors, they're taught to say, we don't have any money. I love it. Everybody, it's a political thing. We don't have any money. Love it. I love it. It's, uh, you, you go, so the youth service, everybody in the youth service is taught to say it. Is trained to say it. And I'll tell you how I know this, because everybody says it in the youth service. Everybody says it. Uh, but I'm not telling you what I know, but I do know that they've got more money than they let on. Um, and some of them youth workers do talk from their wages, their wage point of view. If if somebody's on a high wage, you know. And another thing a lot of people say, a lot of these counsellors say, a lot of these youth workers say, I've got no time. You've got no time. What, how much you, you, what, what is that? How much, what, sitting in office all day? Is, is that how much of no time you have? You're sat in an office all day and you've got no time. Well, um, so you've got no time and you've got no money. Right? Are you using time as an excuse? Because, I'm telling you now, time costs nothing. They use it, they make it into a, well, hold on. It's time that you're wasting. Because you're a youth and you want to do something and you want somebody to help you, then currently you're wasting my time. I basically could be doing something else and basically um, you know basically my my time is for my colleagues it isn't for youths that have got proper decisions and th- that's my thoughts and that's how that's how mainstream people speak you know so you've got no time and you've got no money 
Well... Screw that. Because I don't work on that principle. Even even as a DJ, you know, even as a DJ. I'll work the same... I'll do the same price for however many hours, of course. You know, we'll get a written contract on that stuff. But, well, that's another discussion for another day. But, I'm, you know, these are clear examples. You know... People think that I am mainstream, but I'm not mainstream because people don't sort the issues out. Homelessness, which is such a big issue, I'll touch on this a little bit, okay? Homelessness. Okay, you can't. You don't know who is real homeless. You don't know. It's none of your business at the end of the day. That person could be unemployed. That person could be, you know, they could have a flat somewhere. They're just unemployed. And so they're going to the streets and they're doing something about it. Now, those, I'll talk about busking for a little second, right? People who are buskers, they hide the begging very well. And to be frankly honest, my hands are raised up for them because they're doing something about it. They're going to, you know, they've got a guitar, they've got a keyboard, the, you know, they're going out and singing, they're playing the guitar and they're playing the keyboard. And to be frankly fair, um, they're not technically begging because they're getting money. You know, people like the songs and stuff. People like the music. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go out on the street with a guitar or something like that and you play the music, you don't have to ask for money because people are going to throw money into your guitar case. Um, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and so you can hide it because you're not asking for a quid or you're not asking for five pounds. You play the music. You don't have to play it potentially well these days, you know. You can just get away with playing a guitar and as long as you can, you know, there's lessons, you can go out and learn the guitar. So obviously these people that are struggling with employment, they're going out on the streets and they're going out with a guitar and a keyboard and they're doing their thing. And they get the money thrown into the basket. Um, the last thing I want to talk about on this subject is the people who beg to sit there begging. Right. At the end of the day, you don't know what their issues are. But here's my take on it. We are at a new set of problems. New set, and with the tools we've got, we technically these businesses 
are pushing people out. You know, if there's somebody who doesn't think that they're capable of their job, that's it. Out the door they go. And I haven't seen it, I'm just guessing it. And I'm not talking about the majority, I'm talking about the minority. And we don't help them. Because of how badly they approach us. And they do, these people, they approach us and they say, can we have 10 quid, you know? Have you got a tenner and all that? Which technically... um, It's like a disadvantage. You know? Um... It puts a bad light onto it. Um, but if there was uh, somebody saying, um, Can I have a tenor for, you know, helping you do such a thing? And again, There is people who do that and they get bad. Again, they're in a bad light. But at the end of the day, they're not hounding people. They're doing something like people do markets. People do so many, you know, so many things that you could do. Um, If you needed something the problem is people don't see it and so you have to do so much People may not be homeless, but they may be unemployed. And so they're out there on the street and they're reaching out. And some people do it in a bad way, some people do it in a good way. And that's why the buskers go out there. Some of them aren't reaching for talent. Um, One classic example... This guy's not homeless, by the way, but he's got, like, a wife and kids. Is um, Ed Elaine Johnson from the <coughs> New Model Army. I <laughs> turned around to him and I said... Um, I said, wait a minute. I said, you were in New Model Army. I said, you don't need to bust, do you, mate? And he said, well, that's I do. He says, you know... And technically... The way the music industry is now... 
people should be going out and busking. But that's again, that's another, that's another thing for another day. Um, so I won't talk about it too much, but technically, um, I, I was fed up with what's in the news and stuff, and still am. Um, I'm fed up with what, you know. People say, oh, I'm underground and, you know, but then they'll have the mainstream ways, you know, the mainstream things that they do, and you can tell. Because they want to do the normal stuff. They think it's, well, if you do everything normal, it'll be fine. You know, you wake up and you go to your nine-to-five job every day and then you sort of come home and, you know, but um, I just think that... I don't know. I mean, there are there are truer meanings to life than leaning on politicians that's my view anyway um so um Um, in the last part of this episode, I talked about just underground and stuff. But we're moving on from it, and um, very swiftly. Um, on Sunday, I went. I went on holiday, and. I went to Centre Parks and they have the best in my opinion they've got the best water slides ever and um, they've got one slide which takes you outdoors that slide starts it starts inside so the slide starts inside and then it goes out. The slide goes out, and then um, so it takes you from the inside of the building to out the building, and it's quite you know um, 
it throws you around a fair bit, you know. Um, you're not going to fall off it, but it does doesn't have throw you around, you know. <clears throat> um, and so I, I do that slide, and then there's the white slide, which we do. That's quite, you know, it's a short slide. It just goes straight down. Um, but then there's these tubes. I've never tried them before. And, um, oh, I tried them and they are the best, like, the best tubes. They're the best tube slides and <clears throat> this tube slide just goes straight. It goes, basically, it goes all the way and then there's like a bit where it spins, you know. It spins you all the way around. And if you like spinny rides like myself... You'll love it because it goes left and right and left and right. But then there's this bit where it goes all the way around. And you're like, well, I wasn't really, um, you know. And it spins you, you know. And it's actually... Um, these tube slides... Also have, um, they have a smaller opening. Well, no, they've got a bigger opening, but they kind of, instead of going flat, they've actually got like a drop straight into the tube, which is good. The ones in Southport go sort of straight. <laughs> They're kind of straight instead of, you know, that little bit of a curve, which... If you're going into a tube that you want the curve, you don't want the straight bit, you know. Because you put your... Because basically... You put your feet in the, in the tube and then you're straight down. And it's like, whoa, you know. And and one of the tubes... Because um, um, I was told when going down to sit up and put my hands to the side. But I thought, it's a tube, I've got to lie back because if I get stuck in it. So, you know, but I actually found out the tubes in, in, uh, in centre parks are a lot bigger. There's actually more space in them. So when you go... You go down. And... Um, like I said, there's a... There's a big drop at the end. Because you don't have to shoot out the tube. So there'd have to be a big drop in... In both of them. One of them's got... One of the tubes... The faster one's got a bigger, bigger drop at the end. It's like, you know, you go down and you don't expect it. Like, and you shoot down the drop. And it's like, whoa... <laughs> you know it's like you're going in and um and you're being thrown forwards the whole time which is good you know 
Um, you know, and my little, uh, my, when I'm always on a tube slide, I always do a little, um, well, I didn't do it on the first tube, but on the second tube, because um, here in Splashville, they do a little swerve. I got onto the side of the tube because it gives you a bit of a drop. So I thought, right, I'll get onto the side of the tube to test the drop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next time I go on those tubes, um, I'm going to get right up onto the side to test the drop on the fast one. I'll be like, yeah, let's get up onto the... Because if you if you go up onto the if you go up onto the side of the tube when you're coming towards the end you will you will shoot out and um, I just knew this and I thought right I want to go fast down the second one so when I'm here in in Southport I hold hold a bit of water put my hands back and. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um And yeah, I did not I did not shoot out the the tubes, you know. Well, folks, I've actually forgotten what this whole podcast is about. So um, I'm going to end with saying I really don't know what this podcast is all about. <laughs> um, but I, want, I wanted to um, say that today has been amazing. And I still, I still, I, I don't, I don't want to state too much about today. It'll be in the next episode of the podcast. Um, but you know these podcasts are fantastic and I feel that you know there's mutual connections made and stuff like that Um, yeah mutual stuff that's been made and stuff and I think that I'm going to work more on my other podcasts I keep saying this but I am I've worked on my WordPress blogs and um, you know, I've spoke about relationships before on this whole thing, and I've spoke about being um, like I've spoke about being I've spoke about being underground and above ground, and I still haven't stated it and I just think that I think I've stated that the whole imaginary friends thing we're doing a Dada project next year um, which is all like Dadaism and it's basically called the imaginary friends blog but we're going to change it a little it's going to change it slightly and do it as a work of art and try and document the whole imaginary friends thing and do a big massive documentary on it um, we're going to try and get other people involved because I think the more people you have to work with, the more you can play around with other people, the more you can, you know, just like, you know, an RPG, you can decide what you want them to do and stuff. But, um, the project's on hold 
um, because of various other things and various little bits and pieces. And I've written my own safeguarding stuff, which I haven't finished. Uh, safeguarding information that all my imaginary friends have to look at before they participate in the project. And people who want to be in the <coughs> excuse me, people who want to be in the project have to consent to it because um, you know you have to be you you have to you have to throw a little bit of yourself out the window to participate in the project i've said this to a lot of people and i like what do you mean we've got to throw ourselves out the window well technically you have to visualize you know when people say to you at these storytelling things and they say right kids we want you to imagine that you're in a place you imagine you're in india and all this stuff well we're doing that but we're taking it Real world situations, uh, real world prob real world problems, but not so much real world problems, just problems that happen to those imaginary people at that one time, and stories that happen around that, and research that happens around that, which is a bit like a soap opera, but a soap opera tends to um, whitewash it a bit. Um, yeah, um, so basically, um, soaps tend to, they tend to wash it a little bit and they tend to make, you know, soaps tend to make it all, they tend to put a little bit of gloss, they make everything all glossy and they don't show that character in its, in their full light, you know, um, Whereas the Imaginary Friends thing will show each character in his or her full light. Um, and we may use a little bit of the temperance hall. We may use a little bit of the somebody else's flat. We, we've done that for the hospital scene. That's already done. That's already done and... Uh, we need to borrow somewhere for a garage. So we need to do... There's a lot of things we need to do. We might involve uh, Bro Design Studios in it. So there's a whole lot of stuff that's happening. Um, and we're going to create this as a communication to family. And also, if stuff happens in the future, you know, stuff happens then this is going to be a great thing to show to other people in the future. Um, so, um, I'm going to do an expedition pretty soon on the whole Imaginary Friends thing. And, you know, when, if, for example, say, for example, I get a certain assessment from somewhere, then I can send this off to them and show them, you know, they can watch, like, a few minutes, a few seconds of it, or whatever. They can use it for training, they can use it for whatever. Um, you know, and people can use it, um, you know, whatever they can. But I want to communicate a lot of myself to... Uh, I want to communicate a lot of myself through this project because it wouldn't be... 
it wouldn't be art, wouldn't be artistic. Um, it wouldn't be artistic if I put myself across on this project. You know, where my imagination really goes with this project. And I wanted it to be a bit like um, the church of shooting yourself. If you don't know what that is, it was a public access television show in America. And to be frankly honest, um, the clips you find of it on YouTube, I think, have been re-edited um, the stuff you see on, like, the YouTube, um, the church of shooting yourself, the stuff like that, so I wanted to do, like, a bit where it's all imaginary friends blog, and then the end becomes this really weird bit that if people want to follow it, they can, but it's, like, my thoughts and stuff with some creepy music in the background and just me doing a rant on imaginary things, um, which, you know, it's a day to happen. I could do that, and I thought, well, I'm going to do that sat in a dark room, and <laughs> just thought, the best place to do it, so, um, I've got an episode which is starting pretty soon, I just need to get all the content for it, I've got the bank that needs to be filmed, I've got Fits on Lord Street need to be filmed. And I've got stuff that needs to go to whatever councils or whatever. Oh, man. 